Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, your mama and me RD. I'm a registered dietitian and mama of two. I specialize in nutrition and feeding for infants and toddlers. Welcome to Nutrition for Littles, a podcast dedicated to helping you raise healthy, confident, and intuitive eaters. Nutrition is kind of my thing, and I love sharing it, but honestly, the 30 seconds Instagram gave me on my stories just wasn't cutting it anymore. Join me each week as we go deeper and tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby-led weaning, and fostering a healthy relationship with food, and so much more. I'll try to be short, but I plan on answering your actual real-life questions using your examples. I will walk you through actionable strategies to help you protect and preserve your child's innate ability to listen to their bodies and eat intuitively. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey, you guys, welcome back to Nutrition for Littles with your mama and me, RD. I'm Alyssa. Um, so I wanted to tell you how excited I am for today's episode. I actually did an episode or I don't know what you call it, a video on my Instagram TV a while back um, about some secret weapons um, for your uh, picky eater. And I got a ton of really great feedback. So I wanted to come with you, come to you. <laughs> Oh man, this is going to be a rough episode, you guys. I wanted to come to you with um, five secret weapons that you can use with your picky eater. And these are ones that you can implement today and that they will make serious changes. So this isn't everything. Obviously, um, there's a lot going on and there's a lot that you can... um, glean from my Instagram and hopefully my course that's coming soon or my program. But um, I did want to share these with you today. I think they're easy to implement and exciting and can really facilitate some real changes in your home if you're dealing with a picky eater. So the first one I want to talk about Now listen, this is one that I feel like gets a lot of attention. People talk about it a lot. So you might be tired of hearing about it, um, but I want to challenge you in it because I think even after you hear it, I really want you to think, am I actually doing this? Because it can be really overwhelming and it's a hard thing. But the first secret weapon to handle a picky eater or to, you know, get over this picky eating hump with our children is to get kids in the kitchen. I know, I know. I feel like I just heard like a sigh back from everybody. And I know this, first of all, I know how hard it is to cook with kids in the kitchen. I know it's extremely difficult. It's frustrating to say the least and stressful. Um, So I understand that. So the first thing I want to say is it doesn't have to be this huge monumental thing. I would recommend absolutely not starting with dinner. I think dinner's a stressful time. It's the end of the day. They're exhausted. You're exhausted. You need to get dinner on the table so they don't get hangry. And so dinner time can happen, or I'm sorry, bedtime can happen or bath time or whatever. You're kind of on like a tighter schedule, I feel like at night. At least I am. So what I would recommend to start, if you haven't yet, or if you've tried it a few times and it's gone poorly for you, I would start with really easy recipes for either breakfast or a snack or like a random time that you're baking. So um, for example, a Saturday mid-afternoon, maybe you want to bake some cookies or um, Saturday morning you want to make some pancakes. I think that's a great time to include them. First of all, they're probably going to be excited for that food stereotypically, um, and they're pretty easy. There's like five or six ingredients. Um, there's some fun tools that they can use and especially for pancakes like if you have pancakes 
from a box that's just pancake mix and water or pancake mix and milk or whatever, I think that's a great place to start because it's fast, it's easy, and they only have two things they have to help you with. If you're getting them in the kitchen, my number one recommendation is make sure you have enough time. Don't be stressed that you need to get dinner or lunch or dinner or breakfast on the table, um, but to make sure that you have enough time to spend with them and really let them make mistakes and be okay with those mistakes. You know, if there's an eggshell in your pancakes, <laughs> there's an eggshell in your pancakes. Or um, if they put a little extra vanilla in the cookies, they put a little extra vanilla in the cookies. It's okay. This is about a learning experience. It's not about making the best recipe you've ever made. Um, so start small. Start away from things like the oven or knives or something that you're also going to have to worry about safety. Um, I also love to put my kids up on the counter. You know, I think it's fun and novel for them and exciting and it's somewhere they don't get to be all the time. Um, So, you know, introduce new ways to let them help. There's also that kitchen helper out. Um, I know it's pretty expensive, but um, that could be a great safe place to put them so that they can help in the kitchen and you can feel safe having them in there with you. But this is so, so crucial because it is a very low pressure time and experience for your kids to spend quality time with you, really bond with you, but also have experience with food. So even if they're help washing the broccoli or adding in the seasonings, um, it's so important because when they feel a sense of pride for what they made with you and it was a positive experience in the kitchen, chances are when they see that food on their plate, they're going to get excited about it. And it's really cool to see something you've made with your own two hands. We forget as adults how cool that feeling is when you first started cooking and you just have like a ton of ingredients in front of you and then you whip up something that's edible and delicious. This is how they're feeling too. They get a sense of pride and they feel more inclined to eat it because they created it. And this goes along with in the same department of getting them in the garden or getting them to a farmer's market or getting them to the grocery store. So actually letting them um, get their hands dirty plant the foods, water the water the garden, water um, you know their plants inside maybe even until they see something sprout. I know my son um, had helped at his grandparents' house plant peppers and every time he goes over there he looks for the pepper and he just can't wait to eat that pepper. They get so excited for it. So really truly I want to encourage you um, to make a routine, figure out a way to get them in the kitchen. I'm not saying every day, not every meal of course. I think that's probably pretty unrealistic, but helping them in some way get involved in the kitchen. So even just plating the food, stirring something up, you can get something super basic, like I said, sprinkling in spices all the way to when they're older, like actually letting them cut something or um, flip the pancake or something like that. They get so excited with it. So I encourage you to do that. And at the very least, bringing them to the grocery store and playing like an I spy game, like I spy something green and they can point to something green or letting them pick a brand new food to bring home with them. That's what I do with my son. He gets to pick, okay, which fruit are we trying this week or whatnot? Um, And they really, really love that. So that's my first secret weapon. Okay, that was a while on that one. The other ones will go a little faster. Um, the second one is leftovers. Leftovers are literally a secret weapon that you can use to do multiple interactions with a food. So I want to encourage you here too to not just put it on the plate again the exact same way you did the first time, but trying to mix it up in maybe a different way. So for example, if you have broccoli one night and you steam it, and they don't eat it, they don't seem very interested in it, 
you can represent it either the next day or even the following day in a new way. For example, you could then take the leftover steamed broccoli and put it under the broiler to heat it up with some Parmesan cheese on top. Or you can implement it into a soup that you're making. Or um, you could even cut it up and put it into their mac and cheese. You know, there's a thousand different ways to present the same food, but utilizing those leftovers, even tiny amounts, the next day, or in my recommendation, two days after, to give them kind of a break, is a great way to use up that food so you're not having food waste, but also to give them a new opportunity to experience the same food in a brand new way. Okay, my third secret weapon is the phrase, that's okay, you don't have to eat it. Okay, so this one's kind of controversial. I know a lot of parents love to do the one bite rule, a no thank you bite, a Oh gosh, I don't know. It's called a whole bunch of different things. But when your kid has a... Okay, so I'll use a personal example. Okay, so I put down a plate in front of my child that had grapes on it, a like mixed rice... Rice. (laughs) Oh Lord. Rice dish. And then also some broccoli and his milk. So initially he saw it. He looked at it. He saw the grapes and he said, I'm only eating the grapes. I'm not eating any of this other food. And I said, that's okay. You don't have to. And so then he started with the grapes. He finished them. He asked for more. I told him one second I was feeding his sister and I would get him more in a second. And then he started investigating and he started eating those food, those other foods on his plate. Sure enough, he had two or three servings of almost everything on his plate. And here's the thing. It's okay if he didn't. It's okay if he just had grapes because we're looking at the day as a whole, the week as a whole, the month as a whole. We're looking at this as a big picture. Um, One meal where the only thing he eats is grapes is not that big of a deal. But what was wonderful about the way that I responded to him and his demand or request or whatever you want to call it is low pressure. That's okay. You don't have to eat it. And then he decided to eat it. Now, imagine if I would have said, you have to eat it, you have to at least take a bite, Um, you need to grow, you know, and I used kind of these pressure techniques to kind of in a way guilt him into eating it or using my parental power to force him to do something his body is not needing or requesting. Um, what that would have done is created tension, right? And so when that tension happens, toddler's response is to um, be super stubborn. (laughs) And so that could have caused a fight and a more of a divide, which then eventually might have led to me giving, you know, giving in and saying, okay, you don't have to eat it eventually at the end anyways. And then they stomp away from the table, hangry and frustrated, and you're frustrated and it creates this um, power dynamic. Or you force them to eat it and they're so unhappy that they can't even taste it because they're so mad and they think they hate it. And next time it's going to be like a firm no. So by saying that's okay, you don't have to eat it. I opened up the table to you're in charge of what you put in your mouth and how much of it you eat. And that gave him the freedom to then change his mind. If he would have been, you know, forced or, um, or pressured or, you know, I committed to that, like, okay, I guess you're not going to eat it. You hate rice. You're picky. You don't like that. You know, and I, I kind of reaffirmed what he had said. It puts him in a box, right? Where then if he chooses to eat it, he has to either, (laughs) it's so funny, toddlers are so stubborn, but he would have to either, you know, apologize and say, actually, mom, I think I do want it, which is really hard for a toddler to do. Or he would stick to his guns and say, I said I wasn't going to eat it. Mom called me picky. So I guess I'm picky and I'm just going to eat the grapes. So it's such a powerful phrase to let your kids off the hook, let them know it's still going to go on your plate, but you don't have to eat it. And that really opens up 
the experience to then let them decide whatever they're going to do from then forward. Um, The fourth uh, secret weapon for your picky eater is to put less food than you think on their plate. So a large portion of something, I keep using broccoli because we just had broccoli, but a large portion of broccoli or something on their plate that they're unfamiliar with or don't love can be really, really overwhelming and actually be a barrier to them to trying it. Um, It seems counterintuitive. Like if I have a lot on my plate, then there's no food scarcity and I'm not worried about it and they'll eat it. But in reality, just having one like literally one stalk of broccoli or one bite of whatever is actually much more approachable for a child. Um, And then it gives them space to ask for more, which is a really great way to let them use their voice at the table and let them remember what their roles are at the table as well. So I highly encourage to put less food on the plate than you think, especially in a situation where they've rejected that food in the past. That doesn't mean you always need to do like a tiny amount of food, like one pea or something like that, but it is a great tactic to try with your kiddos. Okay, the fifth and last thing that I want to tell you is a secret weapon for your picky eater is to try novelty. (laughs) And I know I feel like I've talked about this before, but it is so amazing to watch these little ones see something new and unique and fun and interesting as an invitation to the plate. So just doing something as simple as cutting their sandwich, you know, into really fun shapes or using those food pricks or um, anything like that that just creates novelty and something new. Um, So for example, this is such a silly little thing, but um, instead of serving my son his peanut butter and jelly sandwich on regular bread cut in half, I served it on a mini bagel. And he was so excited, you guys, just the fact that it's a different form of bread. So we can think of different ways to offer foods um, that keeps it interesting, keeps it exciting. So for example, I did a post about a taco. If they get really overwhelmed at eating a taco, you can deconstruct it and let them put it together themselves and have the different portions on their plate that they can kind of put together. Or I think that's like part of why Lunchables were such an exciting experience as a kid is we got to build our own pizza. So those are really great novelty ideas that you can bring to your table as well. Um, Letting them build their own food, letting them touch it, letting them serve it themselves. Um, so many different ideas around this, you guys. Um, I definitely have more ideas on my Instagram. So check that out, Mama and Me RD. And um, yeah, I just wanted to give you guys some really great secret weapons to use at your table for your picky eater. I hope these were helpful and tangible tips um, to bring home with you today to make changes starting now. So until next time, mamas. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring some peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your hashtag mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review. You can find more from me on my Instagram at mama and me rd. That's mama dot and dot me underscore rd. And please feel free to send me any questions or comments you may have. Email me at alyssa at mama and me rd dot com. Until next week, mamas.